Hey there, I'm Lee Rowley, and this is Lee After Dark. Why? Because there's more to being a business leader than just business. Each episode, one brave entrepreneur ejects the elevator pitch and just gets real. Today, I have with me Nick Ward. Nick, how are you, my friend? I'm doing amazing, Lee. I am really, really just looking forward to this conversation. I've been uh, thinking about it for a while, so I'm glad yeah. we finally got to connect. Yeah. Well, that, yeah, as am I. Uh, this one, the, this one's one that's got uh, kicked down uh, down the road a couple times, and usually when that happens, it's for a reason. So when they when people finally come on, they're like, "I just got this great story, and I just thought of it, and like it, it, now we know why it needed to happen now as opposed to a couple weeks ago." So really cool. 100%. Um, enough of that. Uh, the rules are simple. The next 20 minutes, we can talk about anything you want but your business. After that, you can pitch up a storm. But if you mention your business during the 20 minutes, you'll get a one-minute infraction per penalty uh, or one-minute penalty per infraction. That's how that goes. Yes, penalty. I get for it. I mean, it's better than a. Tr- it's better than a. It's better than trap door, you know, if I were to mention my company and you just hit a button and I just, you know. Yeah, boop, boop. yeah no, yeah, no, we're not going that far. We're not, we're not that bad. <laughs> we're just a little bad. All right, well, uh, so you're ready to play. Let's go ahead and set the timer. Yeah. And what the heck are we getting into for the next 20 minutes? Man, I don't know. I think uh, I, one of the things that I'm always happy to talk about is um, something that's come up a lot on, on Twitter recently that I've been, I've been talking to people a lot about is, you know, in the, in the, in the specifically in the, in the cannabis industry, but it applies to all kinds of other industries. And that is, you know, we, we want the world to be a certain way and we have ideas about how it can get there. And, and yet the, the, the method of, of, you know, it's like the method of creating the world that we want or creating the industry that we want. Sometimes, like especially now, what's what's really popular is just just to slam people and to just bash them and to tell the, you tell them what everything from A to Z what they're doing wrong and how they should be living better and doing better. And and I think that it's it's um it, it's it's a it's a bit of a um, not even just a double edged sword. It's it's like it's self defeating because when people want to change, they rarely want to change when someone has been yelling at them or telling them all the things that they're doing wrong. So for people that have this idealism of how they want things to be, and, you know, particularly a lot of people in the, you know, the cannabis and the hemp spaces, they're very Mm -hmm. idealistic people. They've been, you know, kind of uh, beat around, pushed around a little bit by prohibition and on war on drugs and everything. And so now they're like, oh my gosh, we have this opportunity and, and everybody is, you know, I don't know, are we, what's, what's the rating here for language uh, on your podcast? Free for all. So basically, are we fucking up? You know, are, are we, are we, we're missing the opportunities where the, the legal people are not doing a good job. And, and, and so all these people are getting like, pent up and angry and, and everything like that. And so for me, I, I just think it's so interesting. The people that I tend to resonate with are the ones that are able to find that, that middle ground of saying like, okay, you know, we, we, have a, I, we have a vision for what things should be. And we also have a patience and compassion and empathy for everybody who is on this journey together. And I think that this is a really, you know, apt metaphor for the whole of humanity. You know, we, all of us, all human beings, we have a sense of, of how we would like the world to be. And, and yet we, 
the oftentimes we don't know how to get from here where we are to where we'd like to be. And what comes out is a lot of just frustration and anger and hate and, you know, just sort of all that negativity. And, and it's not getting us any closer. It's in fact, it's getting us further away from this dream state or, you know, it's funny, we talked about Shangri-La a second ago, you know, because we all want to get to this paradise. We, we'd like to have, you know, a Shangri-La or a heaven on earth or, or whatever, you know, kind of insert cool metaphor here. But how do we, how the heck do we get there? You know, how do we actually do that? How do, what's the first step and how do we treat people who may be adversaries or antagonists on that journey, who may be wanting to resist us and wanting to, you know, wanting a different version. How do we deal with those people? How do we integrate those people with what we're trying to create as well? Mm -hmm. So are those rhetorical questions or are we actually going to take a stab at the answers here? I think we should definitely try and answer some of those questions. You know, um, I, uh, I, I think, I think, I think for me, Good. you know, one of the things that I've been really uh, keen to focus on in this area for my own life is trying to, you know, tr tr the, the, trying to tread the, the mystical path with practical feet, you know, mm. how to, how to, or, or as another way to put it, Gary, the Gary V approach, which is the, the clouds and the dirt, you know, right. how do we, you know, the, the key is to have a vision and have something that's there and be, and be faithful to it and be, committed to it and committed to its development and yet also understand that there's just a billion little minor small steps that that will get us there so that's kind of like maybe one of the bigger answers sure and then the second the second piece is like okay so what do we do about these antagonists what do we do about these people that that seem maybe they even occur as enemies to us they occur as people who are trying to to stop us people who are trying to resist us people who are trying to uh, take our take us out at the knees so that we can't uh, improve. How do we? What do we? How do we? Where do those people live? Where do we classify those people? And I think for people that are idealists, that's a big challenge. Mm. You know how it's it's easy to kind of pick up a brick and throw it and say, well, this guy is the enemy. You know, like it doesn't matter what I say to him. It doesn't matter how I I speak to him. I can talk. I can say the lowest, dirtiest things about him, his mom, and his grandma because he's a bad guy. Mm -hmm. And therefore, I, I am entitled to to say whatever I please. And I, I think for me, what I've learned over the years is that that how we treat our enemies, how do we treat our antagonists, is is the real crux of of the issue. Um, sure. And that because we have to build consensus, we have to build you know a sense of okay, we're what are, how are we going to do this together? You know, we can't just go alone. We won't have the the resources or the or the um, the fuel to do it all by ourselves. So we mm -hmm. need other people. Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so, I, you know, I've, I've found that in my own life that indifference seems to be at least my preferred way of dealing with antagonists. Uh, mm. It's, I don't try to convince people of anything. If you don't want to listen, fine. Mm -hmm. uh, you can either go away or you'll eventually come around. I have had antagonists become clients. I haven't had antagonists become friends. I think will still bust me on my stuff if they think that they're so, if, I, if I'm saying something that, that's not quite right. And I appreciate that. And so where I position the antagonists, the ones who are willing to provide constructive feedback, is at a position of, of, of you know, almost nobility in my, in my world because like, I, I want people to point out cracks in, 
and, and what I got going on so that I can learn how to build something better. I don't want people telling me like, you know, look, everything, you know, it's, okay. I love that. That's a lie. I love being <laughs> lavished with attention and praise and adoration and uh, being called the king of copywriting the other day was just a, you know, that was a creme de la creme moment. I have to say, uh, but at the same time when I'm not, yeah. Uh, you know, I don't want to, uh, uh, you know, I don't want to, stifle anybody's ability to say you know what something that you're doing just doesn't make sense here and I, here's what i think it is in fact you know come tell me tell me all about it i mm -hmm. want to know so mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. what you're saying there really again kind of got me thinking about this idea of being able to hold two opposing thoughts at the same time without being troubled by it you know to be able to so uh, contain it's so hard and yet that's what we're talking about here mm -hmm. we're, we're talking about how to you know how to how to see far and how to see close you know how to how to be how to play at the, at these different levels at the same time how to how to see someone and i think i think it's helpful to frame it as an antagonist or frame it as a you know something that's not as negative you know like the the word enemy it really leaves little opportunity there's little space for 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 you know for collaboration when we're dividing ourselves between between different teams and like these are these are the these are the good guys these are the bad guys and so I think being able to hold the those two thoughts, those two opposing thoughts, and being okay with that is is really the sure. the way through the way to get the way to get where we want to go in, in terms of you know really making some changes in, in certain areas. That's exactly right. Uh, I, I I recently reframed you know the idea of trolls online as hecklers, mm -hmm. at least if they're somewhat mm -hmm. pretty. You know, and, and in fact, I even told one of these guys, "Is like, hey, you're my favorite heckler." You know, and, and he's since become you know a, a fan and promotes my stuff and so forth. But I look at it that mm -hmm. way simply because that reminds you that you're the one with the mic. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and and that's you know, when you can remember that you're in that position, that yes, you are there to serve, but you're also the one with the mic. So what you put up with and don't put up with is up to you. Yeah. And I think people uh, kind of taking the conversation on a little bit of a side turn here, though, I, I think that people, when it comes to the platforms and the microphone, they don't, I don't think people really get the power of it. I don't think people really grasp how, how empowering it is to be the host. You know, like right here, we're on, we're on Lee after dark and, and, you know, I, I'm, I'm simply one of many guests in the whole journey. And so I, I notice with, with people doing podcasts or people doing a lot of interview shows, sometimes they feel like they got to get all the words in, you know, they got to, they got to say everything that they need to say. And yet it's, it's really the power of the microphone and opening up the conversation and being that host, which is where so much of the juice and the leverage comes from. Mm. Um, which is, it, it's, you know, it's a really important, um, thing to get. And I think, I think for business leaders, uh, as well, it's something as, you know, as entrepreneurs, if we're rising up in the ranks and we want to go from that solopreneur to a team environment, we have to more and more let go of the control of how things get done and literally simply be that space holder or that, that table host for, for all the action. Sure, absolutely. There comes a point where you have to do that, and and you know, I, that's something that I that I can recognize in myself. And we all get to that point when you realize that what you have is when other people start to realize what you have is truly valuable. When you get that 
uh, start to get that over overnight success sort of uh, uh, vibe, even though you've been like, mm-hmm. I've been busting my butt about this for years. You know, I've been yelling about this yeah. to the heavens for years. And like, you know, yeah. now it's just like, yes. oh, you're new here. I like you. It's like, yeah. Okay. Yes. Uh, but yeah, you know, well, that's true. I, I think that the one of the things that I've as, a, as someone who, you know, to, to let me tell one on myself, Lee, I love being right. I love it when people say, you're the rightest right person that ever was righted. That's right. like, that's, that's like, you know, music to my soul in a way. And um, <laughs> uh, yet at the same time, I've realized that it's very, very um, corrosive for me to say, I told you so. And in whatever mm. form that comes in. And, and so what I've, what I've really tried to do is, is, is leave a tr- an open trail behind me because I definitely feel like I've been a trailblazer in my whole life. I've definitely been pushing the envelope and trying new things and, and freaking the sh- shit out of people because they're, you know, I, you know, I'm, 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 I'm the, up, the apple cart upsetter. So in that journey, I've noticed that I, people have people who, like you said, right, people who are antagonists at one end of the journey later on show up as the greatest supporters. And the only thing that can be a barrier at times is their fear of having to change their mind. And so if you're going to be a leader, if you're going to be someone that breaks barriers and is a trailblazer, then you have to leave a a nice little gentle opening for those who may not understand what you're doing at first. Because Mm -hmm. if it's a, if if everyone that comes back and, you know, and says, you know, to your point, if everyone's like, Hey, you know, I, uh, you know, I know Lee that you told me that copywriting was the thing and it was super important and I didn't agree with you, but now I agree with you and you jump down their throat and be like, what, how could you wait five years before you did it? It's a total, you know, it totally kills that vibe. So mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's super important to, uh, to get that, you know, to get that piece. And, and for me, it's, it's been a real personal challenge to not say, I told you so. Cause I was like, you know, one of the, you know, the, the, the smarty smart ass kids in school, I did really well pretty easily. And so there's always that part of me that wants to be recognized for being right and being smart, but it's a, it's such a, a relationship killer and it's so corrosive to team unity and team dynamics that I've really been, it's something that I've consciously worked on to internally or externally, you know, eliminate that. I told you so from my vocabulary. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a, an important step and it's a hard thing. I, I, I can relate having, you know, grown up with the, uh, I was a B student because I was too lazy to be an A student, basically. Right. And, you know, at various points because I too, did too many drugs to be an A student. But that's, you know, neither, neither <laughs> here nor there. <laughs> you know, but, or, or, or here and there. <laughs> yeah, here and there. Absolutely. Um, it, but it, it's, a, it's so much more important to relate to them on and connect with them than it is to show, you know, you would say show your care before you show what you know, uh, or however mm. that, that statement goes. And it just, I found that, you know, the more I, I wanted to push my knowledge and just be like, you know, this is it, the less I was relatable. And, you know, I, I grew up getting my ass kicked a lot. So, you know, it took mm-hmm. about 40 years Same. to figure that out. Right. Uh, it's where, you know, building those relationships just becomes so centrally key. And you realize that even though, you know, the universe exists between your ears, Nick, I mean, it really does. The entire Mm -hmm. universe exists between your ears, just like it exists between my ears, you know, and and there are very different perceptions to that, but realizing Mm -hmm. and reminding yourself constantly reminding yourself that yours is not the only one. 
mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. is uh, a powerful and humbling thing and makes it a lot harder to be upset with people. Yep, yeah, absolutely. A- again, it's back to this whole concept of keeping these two opposing thoughts in our head, which is that like, I have the infinite, you know, creator, God of the universe, you know, I, I've been there since the beginning and I know what's going to happen and I'm aware of everything. And at the same time, I'm just a little grain of sand on the beach as a human being, you know, who does, who forgets to, uh, to pay bills sometimes, or who, uh, you know, is, 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 you know, in, you know, rude to somebody without thinking and sure. you know, casually rude to people. So it's like that humility and that confidence and keeping those both, you know, in balance is the, it's, it's that's the game, I think. It is a constant, it is a constant balance. Mm-hmm. Yes. It, 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 it's something like what I remember, uh, oh, what is it? Uh, uh, paddle boarding to be, you know, mm-hmm. it just, it, it's, it just, for some reason, when you said that put me in that mind, it took me a minute to think what it was because it was such a horrific experience, but <laughs> yeah, of, 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 of trying to balance on something that, you know, by nature doesn't want to stay balanced. Uh, right. you know, and so mm-hmm. it is a, a constant, mm-hmm process and it not it does not end i mean mm-hmm. have you ever had like this lingering perception that there's some point that you get to your life in your life where everything's just going to be okay that that ping moment where like totally everything starts going right and you know I'll, I'll suddenly you've got it all figured out have you ever had those moments where you've thought like maybe that existed i think yes and, and what I, you know, I, I do a lot of reframing and, 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 you know, and re and, and deprogramming and reprogramming with my thoughts and my beliefs. And so I'm, I'm always willing to let go of the thing that I, that I was completely convinced of yesterday. I'm always willing to just be like, okay, I know nothing. And usually three, four times a year, I just go, okay, forget everything I think I know about, about philosophy, about the nature of reality, forget all of it anything that I think I know, let me just start again. Let me just, let me just begin again. And I find that my a willingness to do that, my confidence grows to the point where I know I can face anything. I know that I can be, I can withstand or, 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 you know, absorb any pressure because I can always start again because I don't put that pressure on myself anymore to not be changing. I accept that I'm ever changing and that my whole DNA and my whole cellular structure recreates itself every seven years or whatever, you know, that number is. So it's like, it's that place of confidence that it's all going to be okay. And if it's not okay, I always know what to do when it's not okay. And that's, I think as close to that perfect moment as I, as I get. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's beautiful and extraordinarily well said. You know, because it, it it doesn't mean that the circumstances have to be perfect, because they no, don't. I mean, they rarely are. They're never going to be. You know, but you're right. That that, yeah. that ability to to reinvent, which incidentally, which is what uh, this this little fellow up here is all about. Uh, oh, you yeah. know, so I can totally totally relate to that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and, and it's it's amazing. You know, I see people who are rigid in their thinking, and it really is. It's almost painful to you know to watch how like you know it, 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 you know that like if they if they could just get past that one belief that one limiting thought you know like what's what's waiting out there for them or what's beyond that and it just sometimes it just never happens so you know i i really appreciate people mm-hmm. like you who are 
willing to come on here and be, you know, open and vulnerable and, you know, just say like, look, this is how it is, because that's what gives people courage to finally say, you know what, uh, you know, maybe I can uh, be something better. Maybe I don't have to settle for those. Absolutely. Uh, it's, it's, it's like I, I had a friend of mine and he was, he was, uh, uh, when I was in my late teens, I went to South America and I did some, uh, some volunteer work there. And I, I met this, I met this guy and we became friends and he was, he was hit by a bus. Okay. Mm. And he, it, it caught, it basically took him, it, he was, he went from being a very, uh, athletic, very, um, very, uh, sort of, uh, yeah, physically oriented person. And this accident basically shifted his whole, you know, physical structure, you know, there were some back injuries and all kinds of stuff. But the interesting thing was when he told me the story, he said, he knew that this bus was going to hit him. He just had a, a flash, just a, a, maybe a five or, or, you know, five seconds or, or less kind of like an awareness of something was going to happen. And he, he realized that if he, if he tensed up, he would be dead. Like he would not survive this accident if he if he tensed up. And so at the moment, just before this collision occurred, he was able just to relax himself just a little bit. And even though the bus hit him at a crazy speed and threw him, you know, he was thrown like, you know, I don't remember exactly the distance, but that story always stuck with me, which is that if we allow ourselves to absorb and be uh, and be fluid when times are tough, when things, when a big collision is coming, whether that's physical or, or metaphorical, it's like it, the damage is less. Like mm. we're, we're able to, we, we feel less pain. We suffer less when we just allow some of these things which we cannot control just to, to roll through us. Right. Yeah. I, I love that. It echoes what I see so often in, in Eastern philosophies of, of comparing a person to, to water or to the reed. Uh, mm -hmm. you know, because of the, the reed, you know, bends and, and survives because it doesn't break, uh, mm -hmm. you know, and, and survive heavy winds for that, for that reason. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that speaks to, you know, to what you're talking about here, I think. Definitely. Definitely. I, I've done a little bit of study of the, the, the way of the Tao and Taoist philosophy. And I, it, I, I find it, uh, I really, it's very practical but it also is very profound, which I, mm -hmm. which I like when there's that combination of a very practical, but also like, wow, this is expansive. This is huge. Exactly. Exactly. We're about to wrap up this portion and get over to the business thing and the things. Do you have any uh, final thoughts on this conversation before we scoot over? Well, you know, if I can give Brittany, bring it down to some value to the, to the people that are, are, are listening and, and it would be kind of following the conversation. I would say that, you know, the, the, just like in investing and in, 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 you know, the power of compound interest, uh, the same is, is for me, I've noticed is, is the power of compound action or the power of compound thinking. And so wherever people are on their own journey to, you know, full realization or self-expression, the path to get there is literally like, you know, that the Taoist, uh, you know, the path that the journey of a 10,000 miles starts with a step, mm -hmm. but it's not in a cliche way. That's literally how the world works. Right. And so that, you know, I wanted to just, yeah, to give that, that sense that wherever people are, they can just take a step starting today and it can be the, the smallest of steps that can lead them to begin. And the beginning part is the hardest actually initiate to start is the most difficult and once we get past that then 
it's it's much much easier to, to continue that momentum. So. so to the point where you look back and go, what took me so long? <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's I, when I'm you guilty say, of that. That's when you. That's when you don't tell your. Also, the "I told you so" thing applies to myself or to mm-hmm. yourself. Right? Uh-huh. When we do, when we're the ones that come that that are like, "Oh man, I, I didn't know that, that was so easy." Then it's like not to judge ourselves and to say, "Well, okay, here we are now. Late for the party, but I'm here now." Yeah, it's, you know, you probably think you're the only one that's dealing with stuff like this, but mm, yeah, this is this is what this is all about: is you know, liberating the demons in people's heads, or at least yes. inviting them over to play with mine. Uh, which is yeah. really cool too. So uh, well, with that, we have completed the Lee After Dark 20 minute not talking about your business challenge and then some. So yay and uh, invisible confetti and all the, the good stuff, right? Uh, yeah, go. Uh, and I, I think we kind of like, and most of it was my fault. I think we skirted the, the business thing a few times, but it's call cool. We, we, we can, I can break my own rules. Uh, so five minutes uh, or whatever you want to talk about your business, where people can get in touch with you, what you'd like to do. Uh, the floor is yours, my friend. Sure. Uh, you know, the, the company that I've been building um, is called Empathy North. And I'm so, so lucky is not even the word, blessed to be doing this. And I, I have a real extra, the, a, extra goodie, and that is I, I work with my dad. Um, you know, my, my father is, uh, we've had some issues over the years as most fathers and sons do in terms of figuring out, you know, who's the boss and who's not and all of that kind of stuff. Um, but we get to work together every day now. And I'm so excited about that. Um, you know, Empathy North is, it's a marketing and sales solution company. And simply put, we help purpose driven brands scale from one to many. Uh, we love working with entrepreneurs and, and solopreneurs or, or small teams who have a product that's out there that, that they're making some money that they've seen some success and that they have a desire to not only just grow their business but in grow their business for the good of the world grow their business for uh for the community that they live in and for their families and it's it's a real it's a deep deep uh level of sense of of, of honor and respect that i have for for to be able to do this kind of work. Um, you know, we, um, we, we help people define their, their value story. So not just their value proposition, but the overall story, like what are they trying to achieve? What's, what the heck are they doing with their lives and their businesses and why are they doing it? You know, to start a business, as you well know, it's brutal. It's not, it's so much easier to get a job and work for somebody else if you have that kind of mindset. So, you know, I was just talking to someone earlier and, uh, and she's got a great idea and, and she's got, you know, all the things figured out. She's figured out her margins. She knows she's good at finance and the numbers, but she stopped in terms of actually doing the thing. And, mm. and so we, we, we were talking about, you know, how to create a context for her life so that the business becomes something that pulls her forward, not something that she has to push herself to do. And so you know, one of the, that's something that's really part of that value story is it's what's the context? Why are you doing this stuff? And, and from there, you know, we've, we have a whole model that's based on authentic relationships. You know, we, we say that you should first establish the relationship and then close the deal because we're doing business with people. We're yeah. not, we're not companies. There's no, there's no, at the end of every brand, the conversation is two people having a, a shaking hands. So mm-hmm. it's about personal relationships and 
for us, we don't want to work with anybody that we don't enjoy spending time with. Right. Um, and that's been something that's been, you know, really, really amazing. Um, you know, I think uh, the last little bit is, is just to say, you know, that I, I, you know, I, I had a number of jobs over the years, Lee, and I always thought I could do it better than the boss. I always thought that I would be a better leader than the leaders that I was working for. And I, I decided to go on my own. I decided to just be like a self-employed person for a long time because I didn't want to work for any company that I'd have to like, you know, that I have to come in and, um, and at a certain time or that they, people would be looking over my shoulder or micromanaging me. And I also, you know, it took me a while to realize this, but I'm, I'm a bit of a sensitive, sensitive being, you know, like I have like very specific physical and mental and spiritual and emotional things that I need in my self care. And a, and a lot of that is, is rest and time away from work and, and not necessarily just nose to the grindstone day in and day out. I get so much more work done. I get so much more productive and effective work done when I'm in that flow state. Mm-hmm. And we at Empathy North, like I finally realized, well, I could create that kind of place. I could create a business that I actually wanted to work at. And that's been the, big, the biggest gift of all is that I get to go, wake up every day and, and work. And, and some days, you know, I work my ass off and some days I don't have to work my ass off. Things just kind of occur naturally but it's just a gift to be able to get there and do that. And that's a gift that I want people to have, you know, that's a gift that I want uh, either would be entrepreneurs or current entrepreneurs to have, have that experience, have that, that joy that can come from doing something that you really believe in and that's helping other people. And that brings value. And that always brings money at the end of that train. Fantastic. So uh, where can people go to find out more about you and about Anthony North? So we can check out our website, empathynorth.com. And the, our blog is, uh, is empathynorth.com slash blog. You can talk to me on Twitter. I'm at Nick Vitar. I'll send you all the, the details. I'm sure you'll, you'll post those up. And uh, you can connect to me on, on Twitter or on LinkedIn. Um, and uh, and uh, yeah, we've got an upcoming podcast that, we, that I'm really excited to uh, to announce it's uh, it's going to be launching in the next week and it's called heroes of cannabis and we're oh, going nice. to be looking we're going to be looking at everybody from the culture from the science from the medical side from the environmental the hemp side the the fiber and the environmental impact and we're also going to look at you know throughout history who are some great heroes of cannabis uh either through the culture or through uh caretakers and growers of the plant itself nice I dig it. Yeah. So, uh, you know, and that'll coincide. Uh, you know, I think we're, we're probably running about two weeks out on our schedule right now. So uh, then, you know, everybody will be able to go check it out. And uh, if you can send the, the link to that, when that comes out, we'll include it in the show notes along with all of the other links. So, uh, you know, make sure we have everybody has every opportunity possible to get in touch with you because you're just such a wonderful person to be connected with. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you so much, Lee. I, you know, I really, I, I, I'm so grateful to be, uh, that you invited me on, on, on your broadcast. And, uh, you know, I, I definitely, um, I'm excited about, uh, just getting to know you and, and seeing what you're up to. And, you know, your, your stuff is really, really good stuff. So I appreciate you and appreciate you, uh, giving me the chance to come and chat with your audience. Likewise. Thank you so much. Well, we are out of time. But if you found Lee After Dark more entertaining and relevant than most of the drek out there, subscribe to our Lee After Dark YouTube channel. And now, get Lee After Dark in your pants. 
We're on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor FM, Stitcher, Breaker, Pocket Cast, and who the heck knows where else so you can enjoy us wherever you stick your phone. Until next time, this is Lee Rowley with a new friend, Nick Ward. Be present and be well.